This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by the Engineering Management Institute, where we focus on helping engineers and technical professionals become effective managers and powerful leaders. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I'm talking with Andrew Hoover of UW Continuum College about how to evaluate professional certificates that can boost your career. I think this is something that we're all interested in for sure, whether it's master's degrees, certain kinds of certificates, how to navigate that world. That's what Andrew's going to walk us through today. He has a ton of experience in learning. Okay. And you'll hear in his bio, I'm going to read in a few minutes. He's built a lot of learning and development programs. He worked for Microsoft. So he's really, really well-versed in the idea of courses and online courses. And then at the end of the show in the Take Action Today segment, he's going to answer the question, what if I don't have enough time for one of these courses or certificates? So he's going to dig in a little bit to that at the end of the show. One of the things too, that he mentioned to me offline that he forgot to mention in the actual interview was that when you do sign up for courses or certificates, you should try to sign up for courses that offer a refund if you don't like the content. So you can go in, you can check it out. And then if you don't like it, you can get a refund. So I thought that was a really, really good piece of advice. And the last thing that I want to mention before we jump in here is that UW Continuum College is not a sponsor of this episode. This is purely Andrew coming on to try to help with our listeners to navigate this world. So all of his advice is, I think, really well thought out, and I really enjoyed the episode. All right, so before we get into the interview with Andrew, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Please be sure to stick around later on in this podcast for my essential career advancement tips. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical advice and the best resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available to our listeners thanks to PPI. You won't want to miss it. The other thing I also want to say quickly here is after working with thousands of engineers through my talks, my podcasts, courses, and coaching, I have noticed something. Great engineers do not necessarily make great managers. In fact, when I consult with engineering firm owners and executives, which I do on a very regular basis, they tell me over and over that they're looking for people skills in their future managers and partners. Unfortunately, most engineers think that being great at their current job is enough, the technical stuff, and that's just not enough. That's the disconnect that I've seen, which helped me and really forced me to create the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. This is a five-week online workshop. It's intended to help professional engineers just like you prepare for the next step in your career by teaching you the critical communication skills, leadership skills, and management skills that you need to become a highly paid and highly effective engineering manager. These are the very skills that I've used to move into management at a young age in my engineering career. I use them to write my best-selling book and also to get on stage for a TEDx talk and just to build the Engineering Management Institute in general. And I teach them to you through this course. The next session of the Engineering Management Accelerator starts soon, June 1st. And registration is currently open. Even if you register a few days late, it's fine. You can get caught up on the recordings. Just go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. And if you're an individual enrolling on your own, just click the individuals tab and all the information is there. If you'd like to enroll a corporate team, if you're in training or HR, there's information there as well for that. 
All right. So now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode, just so you get to know a little bit more about him before we dive in here. Andrew Hoover leads strategic initiatives to expand UW Continuum College's certificate and degree programs, serving more than 10,000 students each year. Serving in various program management roles, Andrew has partnered with campus leaders, community practitioners, and UWC team members to initiate, develop, and launch dozens of educational programs. In 2004, Andrew left Microsoft, where he was a senior director to join the UW, bringing with him a decade of experience in strategy and program management. A global traveler, Andrew holds a Chinese language certificate. He also has an MBA from the UW Foster School of Business and a bachelor's degree in economics with a minor in art from McAllister College. And I like that because he has a lot of different degrees and certificates. So that's exactly what he's talking about. So let's jump into this interview. I'm going to bring us in here with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. All right, now I'd like to welcome Andrew Hoover from UW Continuum College to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Andrew, welcome. Good to be here, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you heard from Andrew's introduction that he's had quite a bit of experience putting together different masters and certificate programs. And we're going to talk with him about that today because that's something that's very confusing to people. I get emails all the time from engineers and technical professionals that are constantly, constantly looking for what certificate should I get? What degree should I get? How can I bolster my resume, bolster my career? And, and one of the things that we're focusing on this month a little bit is building your brand to help you and your firm. So Andrew, before we get into some questions that I have for you on certificate programs, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit more, kind of like how you got to where you are in your career for our listeners? I started off actually in banking and uh, worked over in Asia, was involved in manufacturing industry, and then transitioned back to the U.S. with an MBA program. And then I worked at Microsoft for 11 years in program management and did work mainly in database area and also in program management for uh, licensing and other kinds of programs and partnership programs that we had. When I turned 40, I decided to take a break from Microsoft and left and found this job that I'm in now 13 years ago, which is senior director of, of program management at Continuum College and have been here ever since uh, working on, as you said, certificate programs and degree programs that are formatted for working professionals like your audience. Let's just talk about in general, where does continuing education or certificate programs fit into a plan to keep someone's skills current? Because that's what we get a lot of people. They want to sharpen their skills. They're working, but they still want to stay up to date on things. So talk about that a little bit. You all are in engineering and it's a knowledge profession and you have to constantly learn new things. Obviously, though, there's times when you need to, to step up and make a significant investment in learning because it's not just the new version of a language or some new technology that, that you already have a good foundational knowledge of, but you're actually being asked or pulled or you want to move into some new directions, some adjacent areas, you know, where you're being asked to do, take on roles like project management, or you're having to do some technical writing or software product management, or maybe you have to learn an entirely new language that's very different from the software language that you knew before. If you're wondering where you need to upgrade your skills, you should not necessarily feel 
like you're deficient somewhere, but if you feel that like there's a new part of your career that you're endeavoring into and you don't have all the skill sets you might need to be the best in that field or be one of the top in that field, then it might be time to try to find some additional learning. Would you say that's fair? Yep, that's definitely fair. All right. So what would you say in your opinion, I'm not talking specific programs, but what types of programs would be the most effective to help a professional advance? I guess specifically, how can a professional certificate help someone? Yeah, a professional certificate can, I think, help someone when, and first I want to clarify what I mean by professional certificate, because there's a lot of people out there that might claim that, you know, an 18-hour workshop is a professional certificate. And what I'm talking about when I say professional certificate is something more along the lines of a significant amount of training. It's not a degree or a master's degree. So degrees in college are four years. Uh, master's programs are anywhere from one to two years, typically. And certificate programs, what we look to is something that is, is somewhere around three courses. And each course, it consists of about 30 hours of kind of instruction and, and 90 hours of homework. So you're looking at, you know, a fairly large body of knowledge that you're trying to absorb and put to use. So that's when I talk about certificates. And so, you know, it's again, what I was saying there is that if you're trying to make a big change, for example, you may have gotten your uh, degree in mechanical engineering, but now, and you know how to code, but now you have to learn Python and it's a very different language from what you learned before, that might be a, a moment for you to say, you know, I really want to do this and I want to learn it well. I want to be productive. I've got to do it quick or I've got to do it well. That's where you might think about a certificate. Or you may be having to take on roles more software product management and you're doing less of the coding and more of the architecture and organizing of the product development effort. And there again, you may want to really avail yourself of all the practices and knowledge that's out there and also give yourself a credential that you can transition into even taking on more of that kind of a role. That would be another thing. Or it might be something as simple as technical writing, where again, you know, maybe in your undergraduate or you just haven't had much experience writing for a while and and you now need to uh, write well or create user interfaces that are very intuitive and easy to use. And that just wasn't part of what you got out of your initial training. And you want to get to become fluent in that and not only be able to sort of understand it, but actually be able to apply the techniques that you could read in a book and have practiced doing that before you apply it in your workplace. For sure. And technical writing is a great topic. We actually just did a podcast on that recently. If you're interested in that topic with David Kowal, who runs a big PR company, he talked about how to improve your technical writing skills. But back to these certificates. I guess one of the questions I would have to follow up on that, Andrew, is based on what you're saying, and I think what is a good rule of thumb is that if you feel like you need a skill to be able to get ahead in your career, whether it's making a career change, whether it's trying to bring more value to your firm and move yourself along in your career faster, you identify a need. And there are a lot of courses and certificate type courses out there today. With regards to the professional certificate, like you mentioned, or just in general, I mean, there's a lot of these different programs popping up online today. Is there some kind of industry standard definition for a professional certificate or are there credentials that people should look for with some of these programs? Not that I want to say that programs aren't legitimate, but what I mean by that is, is any people could say you're getting a certificate, but is there things that people need to be aware of? Sure. Well, I think one thing that's uh, helpful is is to, when you're doing your critique of various options, is to go out and look around, but definitely check out the programs offered by professional continuing education units 
at uh, universities, wherever you are. I'm not just saying our own university, but there's an, a national association of us. We serve you know, millions of students each year, and we set some standards, although we're not all the same. Some people's certificates are even longer. They require you to take five or six courses, and, and it's you know, a lot more hours of study. Some have shorter ones, but most have significant uh, ones. You can also, most of the sites will give you pricing information. They'll give you uh, information about the course outcomes and the instructor background credentials. We also try to create a social aspect to our programs. So we don't do a lot of individual courses. So our people who are in our programs can get some access to uh, an advisory board that we have put in place to help make sure that we're keeping our coursework relevant and useful for hiring professionals in the community and that, that kind of thing. So I definitely encourage, so unfortunately, to answer your question very directly, there's no distinct standard, but I think you can look to some of the you know, major players that are universities with large continuing education units as a proxy for something to benchmark other opportunities against and see what makes sense for you. How would you say professional certificates compare with online courses offered elsewhere, like boot camps, for example, and things of that nature? Well, I think it's very difficult to make a general statement. I think some of the boot camp providers have been very innovative and they really reached, they really addressed an unmet need out there because we were always typically in continuing education shops. We're assuming that people wanted to take education while working full time. And to really do what is a true boot camp, you're needing to be working part time or not working at all. And it's a very immersive experience. We do think that format has value. And that's one of the reasons why we've added a format to our kind of most popular programs. We call it the accelerated format, where you can go through twice as fast and therefore be more immersed in the content and not have the, what you call cognitive switching costs of having to juggle family, work, and school all at the same time. You can spend more time immersed in it and hopefully more rapidly master some of the knowledge and skills that you're trying to, to gain. That's a good breakdown. And I agree with that. And just from doing coaching and training for engineers for several years, I've seen the value in both. In fact, we have a, this program we do called the Engineering Management Accelerator Workshop, which is like a five-week workshop online that kind of pushes people to do a project in five weeks for some of the reasons that you mentioned. But at the same time, there's positive aspects to deeper, longer learning to be able to carry things through. So I think you're right. I think that there's benefits to both and it kind of depends on what your needs are like we've kind of been talking about which I guess is a big component of this but let me ask you this question so you've talked a little bit about professional certificate courses they're pretty deep they've got a good breadth of knowledge there's also you know some of these boot camp type courses how does the professional certificate course compare to self-study so in today's world if I say I want to get better at technical writing I can go online I could try to google and find stuff and read stuff and do some of my own self-study but how is this different than that? It's different because, first of all, you do have assignments and assessments, and you're going to get interaction with an instructor to get some feedback. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is it's not as lonely. You have classmates. Even our self-paced online, we have instructor mediation that occurs. There's interaction one-on-one -on -one with instructors or with fellow students. Those kinds of things, I think, are really a needed ingredient for one to process and really learn the material. It's very hard to 
individually, even for the most introverted person who's very disciplined and analytical, to learn completely on your own. I think it's also important, you bring up a good aspect that you mentioned about your own programs, is that you have projects where you can apply it to something that you're doing in the workplace or something of a personal interest. And we definitely uh, think you should be looking for that in any kind of program that you're looking for, that you get some ability to have flexibility on the assignments that are relevant that will help you to really learn the material. Because I've heard a stat that if you hear something and 24 hours later, the chance of you remembering is like 7% if you haven't either had a very emotional reaction to it or if you haven't put it to use somehow, found some way to apply it to your life. You know, we're bombarded every day with lots of information. You can read those textbooks all you want, but if you can't either connect it with an emotion or an application that you do with, you probably won't remember a lot of what you've learned and you'll be constantly having to go back and use the textbook. We believe in mastery learning versus understanding. And I think that's also where the MOOCs can kind of fall down is a lot of people can be guided through it and they understand the step-by-step as long as someone's given the step-by-step. But once you pull that away from them, they really don't know when they get to a certain spot what the next step should be. Right. And for those of you not familiar with what a MOOC is, it's a massive open online course, correct? Yes. And a lot of universities have been offering those as ways for people to get exposed to their topics and their learning and to give people an aspect to get involved in some of these different learning programs. But I agree with what Andrew said. And just to reinforce that, what he mentioned about this idea of, you know, you might remember 7%. We've done some studies around this as, as well. And it pretty much shows that if you go to a training of some sort, and obviously we studied it in the realm of training, if you go to a conference or you go to a seminar, the odds of you transferring anything back to the job is probably 10% or less when you go back to work. However, if there's some coaching and guidance or reinforcement after the initial seminar, that number can go up to as high as 80%. It really says a lot about taking information on over the long term and have continued exposure to it. And again, we've learned the same thing. I mean, that's why we do some of the membership programs we do through our institute, because you have to be exposed to these things over the long term. So again, there's benefits to both. Andrew, you've had a lot of experience in the field. Are there certain fields or specific disciplines that you see people benefiting the most from continuing education? Yes, I think that fairly applied fields and fields that are also changing fairly significantly due to you know new technology are both areas where we think of our work as a 60-year curriculum. We don't think about it as place-bound for two-year full-time programs that give you an amazing foundation of theoretical understanding. We really want to aim at some things that are having a theoretical understanding is not enough and trying to learn, get the applied stuff by just reading books or taking a quick online course without much instruction or fellow student contact is going to really have value. So there's quite a few areas that leaves a really exciting set of, of program areas that need to be addressed as we continue to innovate as a society. You've been around different parts of the world. I know you have a Chinese language certificate. You have an MBA. You have a bachelor's degree in economics and a minor in art. So you've been involved in a lot of programs in your own personal experience. What can you offer to the audience in terms of learning? Like this is something that's very interesting to us at the Institute that we're trying to help people. And we've talked about it, you and I, a bit here in retaining information. I mean, listen, learning a language is a big deal. Some of these programs that you've gone through, I know, are extensive. 
just in your own personal experience, is there things that you can recall that you remember like that was really helpful in me in information sticking for me? I think one of the things that's been very valuable for me and it kind of plays to the role that you also serve as a coach is to do your own sort of self-awareness work so that you understand kind of stepping back and thinking about where do I want to be. Some people like to write the 70-year plan. So when they're 70 years old, what do they want to be? That's a bit difficult to do for some folks. But what other folks tend to do is they look at the, you know, strength finders or other kinds of things and they find things. So what I think was useful for me was to find out that I took strength finders a long time ago in some of the personality tests that you can take and also communication style and to figure out that I had a lot of different interest areas and that when I'm in those interest areas, I have a lot of fun learning and time goes by very quickly. I get immersed in it very easily. Those are the kinds of things where I want to spend my time. Now, when you're out in the workplace, and I've been out there working in in banks as well as in technology companies and now here at the university, is you don't always get to do what you want to do. And what we're trying to do with education and what I've seen it to be is, is a way for me to pivot and way for me to keep interested as, my, as I get older. I'm 54 and I've been through, as you mentioned, finance, technology, and now education industries in different roles. So I'm always trying to find where I can apply my strengths and what my interests are. And I've used education as a tool to navigate the opportunities and open opportunities for me. Yeah, that's great. And I love that point about kind of identifying the areas that you're passionate about, the areas that you enjoy, the areas that you have fun. It certainly tends to be easier to learn in those areas. I had a similar experience because I learned Italian because I had found relatives in Italy and I was going to visit them. And it was either I learn Italian or I go there for two weeks, two or three weeks, and I can't talk to anybody. So there was a little bit of accountability, but there was also, I just really enjoyed it. And I really excited about the opportunity to be able to connect with those people. Along the same lines as this idea of what you find to be fun or enjoyable, you referenced this a little bit in the difference with a certificate as opposed to self-study. But do you believe or have you had experiences where having accountability built into your learning is helpful? Yeah, I think it's very helpful when you can't be fully immersed in it. So you need you're looking at it from the standpoint of having to do it part time and have cognitive switching costs and having to be able to get yourself in and out of that mode while you're trying to take care of the rest of your life. So I think that's one of the, the main things that having accountability is really important so that you keep that piece of your life for that period of time that you're doing the education vibrant and keep it at front of your attention wherever you can. So I think that some of the programs you'll see on the online front are group-based, and those are ones that weekly you will have deadlines to meet and you'll have to kind of keep a consistent pace at it. And those can work well if something especially is hard or if you are really busy, but you really need to learn something that'll keep you on track and help you get through and make sure that you don't waste your time because the worst thing to be is to get halfway through and quit. Second way to do things is more self-paced. Let's say that the content material is pretty easy. You really enjoy it. Your time is influx. Your time has some big rocks in the middle of it. Like you have a big vacation, you're going to be overseas and you're not going to want to be spending you know, time with the weekly assignments. Then there's something called self-paced, which can work and typically those self-paces are things that will let you start any time, but there's a gate at the end, like they say, 
finish in four months or finish by this date. And so you have to be very mindful of keeping your pace up. It's kind of like being an Uber driver. You can become an Uber driver pretty easily, but if you want to earn a lot of money as an Uber driver, you got to go out and drive a lot. So same thing with the education. You can get through it really fast if you want to, but a lot of most people like start up, they get started really fast and they kind of slow down. And, and uh, for some, it can be hard to finish. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back with Andrew in our Take Action Today segment to wrap up the show. And I'm going to ask him the question that many people ask about, what if I don't have any time to go through one of these courses? And then also we'll ask him to talk to us a little bit about some of the certificates that his school offers. So hang with us for one minute and we'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And this is the part of the episode where we try to wrap up the episode for you and leave you with something informative and actionable. And in today's episode, I'm going to ask our guest, Andrew Hoover, one more question about certificates focused around time, right? How much time do these things take? I mean, you don't have a lot of time, right? So we're going to dive into that a bit. But before I do that, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI. Engineering career advancement starts with licensure. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Best of all, they have new digital options for exam review that make preparing easier and more exam-like than ever. Visit PPI2Pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI2Pass.com. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TECH8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's the promo code TECC, which stands for the Engineering Career Coach and the number 8. All right, I'm back with Andrew Hoover of UW Continuum College, and he's talking to us about the wonderful wide world of certificates and courses online. There's a lot of options out there, and we can always improve some type of skill. So we've been diving into that. We've laid out the differences between the certificate courses and some of the boot camps and other things, understanding that there's a lot of variability out there. But Andrew, I think regardless of what we're talking about, the one question that will come up in everyone's mind that's probably listening to this podcast episode is, how do I find the time for this? Or what if I don't have the time for one of these courses? And how would you respond to that question? Well, I think you have to be very intentional about your time. And to also make sure that you, when you're going through, you have enough time to give to other important parts of your life. But if you, and with all that, I think there are some good opportunities here. One is, is that, and I should mention this kind of up front, is to the extent you're working in a company that can pay for your education, you're going to have to go through your boss anyway to try to get that funding. So tell your boss that you're working on this program. And, you know, you're doing it if it's, especially if it's part of your career development is going to benefit the department seek ways also to get some understanding about, you know, the fact that you for some period of time may may have this extra work so we can get the funding, but you'll also commit yourself. I think that will create a kind of a social contract with your boss and also help you get the funding. In terms of time, I think there's you can break down the learning experience into three things. One is you need to be learning the material. And before that meant sitting in a classroom, being in a place and having to be in an interactive environment. 
And some programs still require that, a classroom program, obviously, or an online where you have synchronous learning going on that requires it. But most of the programs these days, if nothing else, they will have video capture of the material. And so you can be listening to this on the bus, other kinds of things. If you miss class or other kinds of things, you'll have ways to reinforce if you weren't able to get it the first time or if you miss it because you're on traveling, you can get the material and learn it that way for the pieces where you're not able to stay on track. There's the lecture portion, if you will. Then there's the reading and learning part, which you can think about, you know, spaces in your day where you have time for that and fit them in. Even things like on the bus, I do all the time. I'm constantly learning new things because I just love to learn. So I use my time on the bus. When I go skiing, I take a bus up rather than drive so I can enjoy learning on the way up and back. Those are the kinds of things that you can find time in your day. Also, I'm a runner, and so I, I listen to things even while I'm running. So how can you fit some of that reading and so on, the second component in? And then you have to really set aside time for the assignments. This is where, as we talked about earlier, if you don't do these things well, you're really not going to master the material or be able to retain it. And so there's where you want to like carve out time on weekends or give yourself a couple nights a week where you go to work, go to the gym at this time, and you're going to be dedicated to it for this time. So give yourself a couple times during the week and maybe a, a chunk of time on a weekend to buckle down and, and do the assignments. And in that way, I think you can take what is a fairly large amount of overall time that's needed and fit it into your life. Those are all great points. And I think, for my opinion, the bottom line is if you identify that you need a new skill, a skill that's really going to push you forward in your career, you've got to make the time to learn that skill. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. I mean, listen, it's great. I would say kudos to you if you're able to identify that you find this skill that can transform your career, if it is public speaking or technical writing or whatever the case may be. That's only one part of it. Then you've got to find a way that you can learn, whether it's a certificate or a course of some sort. And then you've got to carve out the time for it and you've got to be dedicated to it. And like Andrew said, it's going to be beyond listening to a course or being involved in the class. You're actually going to have to implement some of these actions in your day-to-day -day career. That's the way that they really stick. And that's the way that you really can improve skills. So I really love that philosophy. All right, Andrew, before we let you go, why don't you tell us about some of the certificates that UW Continuum College offers? Maybe I can make one more comment on this uh, point. I've uh, become a big podcast listener since about a year ago when some things changed and the, the media industry became so divisive. And so I think a lot of the people out there probably have too. Podcasts are really taking off. So for your listeners, first of all, you're the kind of people that you know, you want to get away from the media and stuff. You're looking for growth, looking for some positive, uplifting messages. That's where podcasts are. And that's also what you can get out of education. So good for you for being listening to this podcast and learning through this. Then in terms of the question you had, Anthony, about our offerings. So we really focus in not so much on the individual courses, but we focused ourselves on things, as I said, that are usually three courses or more. It, yet they're not a complete degree. And, and I'll just center uh, mostly on the certificates, although we do have at Continuum College, which we go to market on the web as uw.pce or professional continuing education.edu. So uw.pce.edu is our URL. So we have 80 master's degrees, and some of them are in interesting places, things like technology innovation. So we have a master's of science in technology innovations, 15 months. 
it's a resident-based program, so it's very immersive, but you're blending entrepreneurship, technology, and hardware together to create kind of Internet of Things devices. And we have some really stellar faculty involved with that. We have program, other programs in information science and in computer science and engineering. So if you want to get a master's degree, those are accessible um, to learners. But what we're talking about today and where I think it's most valuable is for people that have some college and you know are out in the workforce and they need to learn something more significant than a new language that's a variant off a language they already know or some new uh, engineering principles that build off the foundation that they have. So looking at things, again, like project management, we offer it in four formats. We have data analytics and machine learning, which are also very hot. So a lot of people are being asked to do data science, data analytics kinds of things with their data. And, you know, they had all that stuff years ago in college, but they need a refresher. And also they need to learn things like Python and other kinds of unsupervised and supervised learning and all the kinds of new techniques that have come out in the last 20 years that are really game changing. So we provide certificates in those and we offer them in four formats, which uh, include the self-paced online, so as well as the group-paced online. And we also offer them in classroom formats. We have the evening kind of classroom format, which takes three courses. Each course takes 10 weeks to finish. You finish in about eight months. And then we have the accelerated, which is uh, twice that fast. So you're meeting one night a week and one weekend morning or afternoon. And uh, you're finishing in five weeks for each course or about 15 weeks, plus or minus a little bit, to finish the whole program. So we've found in our portfolio of offerings that these areas are particularly hot. And, you know, there's so much demand for them. And then there's so much differentiation in how people want to learn the material. But we've really prided ourselves on making sure that all four of these formats can deliver for the student who successfully completes them the same learning outcomes. So we basically have built off the same content and we've modified how we teach it and modified the activities to fit the learning format. It's great that you have a lot of different options. There are so many different facets of science, technology, engineering. And I think as far as learning goes, the one thing that's great about it is that you can, a course or a professional certificate can be extremely helpful for you in so many different ways. One of them, like Andrew mentioned, is it might be something that'll really help you bring more value to your firm and your firm will reimburse you for that. If it is a new software or a new, some kind of language or some kind of skill that you're going to be able to use and help them, then that's one avenue. Another avenue is like someone I just talked to who their career went in a different direction than they had planned and now they're a little bit stuck. And if they were to have something like this innovation technology master's, then they might have some something really to, to show. Not only are they going to have the learning and the skills that comes to that certificate, but they're going to have the master's, but they're going to have that on their resume and show a company, hey, look at this program that I went through and look what I'm able to do because of it. So just remember that you're building a body of work with your own resume that's going to help both you and your company or future companies. And that's what some of these, that's the power, and I think, in, in learning. So yeah, and I think the programs that we offer, even some of the applied masters, I mean, we're always trying to create a portfolio of work that you can share with an employer or with your current employer to show that you've mastered some skills. So we always try to build that into the programs that can be helpful. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Engineering Career Coach podcast. We're going to link to the website, the, the URL that Andrew gave out with their programs so you could have a look at it. And we just appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us, Andrew. Thank you. It's been a real privilege.
I hope you enjoyed the episode today and it provides some insights for you as you think about certificates or courses or degrees that you're going to look to strive towards in the future. Before I let you go, I do want to let you know we do have a membership at the Engineering Management Institute for both individuals and corporate membership. We do monthly PDH webinars on management skills for engineering and technical professionals. We have a forum, a private forum, where you can ask questions of coaches and other engineers. And we have video tips on leadership that go out to our forum members a couple times a month. And our June webinar at the end of June 2018 will be Danny Rubin, who's been on CNBC. He's an expert. He's going to talk about how to write better business emails. He's actually authored a book called Wait, How Do I Write This Email? And it's awesome because it's very actionable. Gives you some really, really good tips and strategies on how to write better emails. And I'm pretty sure that you write a couple of emails a day. I think we all do at this point. So for information on that, you can email our community manager, Betty at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org or just go to the website and put a contact in through the contact form and we'll send you the membership information. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. As I said, we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org forward slash Hoover, H-O-O-V-E-R, all lowercase, where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar, which I just mentioned on email, how to write better emails this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, continue to engineer your own success. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.